0: 127 left, wait, my three, left. Welcome to the Retirement Pilot with Steve Hoover. Please discard unnecessary fees and expenses before going through security. Check your emergency fund at the gate and securely stow your well-conceived portfolio in the overhead bin. And when we reach cruising altitude, remember, you are now free to move about
1: retirement. Hello, and welcome into another edition of the Retirement Pilot with Steve Hoover, financial coach at Wealth Partners Corporation, serving you here in the Kansas City area from his office in Overland Park. We appreciate your time here on the podcast as we talk about investing, finance, and retirement. And of course, you can find Steve and his team at wealthpartnerskc.com. Uh, go to the website there, wealthpartnerskc.com. KC.com, and while you're there, click on the links for the podcast, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, maybe it's Stitcher, whatever platform of choice you like. You'll get updates about future podcasts when they come out every couple of weeks, and hopefully you'll find something useful in there that you can extract a good nugget or two of information and help you along your journey towards retirement. If you got questions or concerns, Always reach out and talk to a qualified professional like Steve before you take any action. And you can do so by calling 913-685-3207. That's 913-685-3207. And don't forget to share this with friends and family who might benefit as well. Steve's got more than 20 years of experience in the financial services industry. And he is here to help if you need that. So reach out to him let him know. Steve, welcome in, buddy. How are you this week? I'm doing great. Thank you, Mark. Very cool. Very cool. Any flying? Have you gone flying since the last time I talked to you? I'm so intrigued by that whole flying thing.
0: No, I haven't been a little busy having to be able to get out there and the weather hasn't been particularly Uh, good either. So nope, haven't done any. That's probably true.
1: Well, you'll have to let me know when we talk on one of these times because I just always find that really fascinating. And I'm going to pick your brain more about that whole private pilot's license. Very cool. I dig that. I think that's pretty neat. But anyway, I got a cool headline here for you. I want to talk to you about this week and get your opinion on it. Now, as we've all probably heard and read and seen through the time period, you know, There's been this big debate over the last, I don't know, probably 18 months or so about the wages, right? So it was the $15 an hour to work at McDonald's, that kind of thing. And there's been a lot of back and forth. I think it started out in some cities. They started doing it. And McDonald's was really fighting this. Well, I guess they've recently said they're going to discontinue their lobbying efforts in that fight against minimum wage increase. Would you take that, Steve, as a sign that higher wages across the board for American workers are going to continue to be on the rise as an inevit- inevitability? Or do you think we're going to see some more pushback at some point for this higher wages?
0: Well, right now, the way wages are going, they are going up. And especially in these type of jobs that are characterized as low skill, you know, mm-hmm, working right. at McDonald's and doing things Entry like that. Entry level, whatever. and what I see happening on this is that there's going to be a lot more automation going on. Yeah. And this kind of came about, and I could see why McDonald's has stopped it. Because if you go into certain McDonald's right now, you can walk in and you don't have to talk to anybody Mm -hmm. to order. Mm -hmm. They have the kiosk in front of you. You go up, you choose your order, you swipe your credit card. However many minutes later, they call your number, you pick up your meal and you're gone. So typically when you have this automation going on, it cuts costs significantly on wages. Now, there are still going to have to be people who work there. They'll end up earning more because of the fact that there's going to be fewer people and they're going to probably have to be a little bit more skilled. But companies that can do it, they're going to eliminate as many people as they can if they can automate it right now. So To kind of answer the question, yes, I think wages are going up. They've been going up because there are more jobs available than people right now. But also, companies are looking to find a way to be more streamlined and more automated. And if McDonald's doesn't have to pay the lobbyists, they can then help their franchisees outfit each location with these kiosks to eliminate personnel. And personnel is one of the largest line items for a business. So anytime they can reduce personnel, keep service where it is, they're going to do it.
1: And that's a great point, really. And, you know, I, I'm with you on that. We could get on a soapbox and probably spend our entire uh, podcast on this, but more companies are doing this. I mean, look at Tesla coming out with these automated trucking systems, right? And the various different things. And so it's going to be interesting to watch. We're going to have to be careful because there's going to be more and more jobs being taken over by automation. And so sometimes it's kind of be careful what you wish for because you may get the raises, but you may lose numbers of positions, which could then put people out of employment. So it'll be an interesting thing to watch over the next couple of years. But that That was our In the News segment to kick things off here on The Retirement Pilot. Let's turn to our main topic, four simple retirement questions that maybe aren't so simple. Maybe they're a little harder to answer than they first appear. You know, at first blush, four or five words or a couple of phrases might give you the impression that the answer could be a simple yes or no. But really, just like anything, and Steve, you can attest to this because you see this all the time, while we all have a lot of commonality and a lot of generalities that work well when we're talking about people heading into retirement, that's just kind of the tip of the iceberg when you start to get into each situation everybody is really uniquely different and each situation is very different on how it's going to play out and what strategies may work so we're going to cover a couple of these and maybe you can let us know why it might not be just a cut and dried yes or no kind of thing deciding when to take social security obviously always a big hot topic the answer would be yes i clearly want to take it the harder question is is when's the right time
0: I'm asked that all the time. Should I take it when I turn full retirement age? Should I take it when I'm 62, when I'm 63, or wait until I'm 70? And there really is no one answer. It all depends on the individual and how that Social Security will fit into their plan. Previous years, we used to have a lot of different options or strategies we could do. They've kind of eliminated a lot of them, but there are still some that we can utilize to maximize the benefit that people are going to get. So, really deciding when to take Social Security really is one part of your plan, and based upon your plan, that will determine when is the best time to take it. And we run numbers. We can run different scenarios to find out when that maximization is there, and we can plug that into the plan, but again, it's different for everybody. There are clients that I have that are going, I don't care that I'm taking a full retirement. I know I could earn 8% per year if I live to 70, but gosh, if I die before 70, then we're going to lose all that money that I would have gotten prior. So it really just depends on the person, and it depends on how it fits into the plan for
1: them. Yeah, having the math, letting the math kind of dictate is going to help a long way running some of those numbers versus just saying, well, it's I'm 62, I get it, I can turn it on, so I'm doing it. And that might be fine if it's the right decision for you. I mean, if you need it, you need it. But sometimes having that uh, that evaluation done, that Social Security maximization, if you will, to find out, is 62 the right time or does it benefit you greatly or enough to make it worthwhile to wait till full retirement or even 70? So that's one of those simple questions that maybe isn't as simple as it kind of first appears. What about uh, designing then that, Steve, that truly diversified portfolio? Part of that's going to help with the Social Security question as well. But again, people will say, yes, I'm diversified or yes, I want to be diversified. But they maybe really don't understand that uh, what they have is possibly not diversified. More people come in, I would imagine, and see you and say, oh, yeah, I'm very well balanced. And as you start looking through, you probably are able to say, actually, no, you're not. You're really heavily weighted in large cap or something like that
0: yeah that is a huge issue a lot of unfortunately a lot of times people think i'm well diversified because i own eight different mutual funds <laughs> right or eight different exchange traded funds well as you said upon further evaluation you find out that all the funds that you own own one particular company i just did a review of a portfolio and they had about six different mutual funds and their number one holding out of all of these funds was an apple computer yeah Well, that meant that they had over 8% of their total portfolio in one stock. And that is very risky, especially if there's some volatility in the stock market. So a truly diversified portfolio means you own a certain number of big companies, medium sized companies, small companies, international companies, and not by how many mutual funds you own. You have to understand what is inside each mutual fund before you go buy it.
1: Yeah, I talked to financial advisors and host radio shows and podcast shows across the country, Steve. And I talked to a gentleman one time. He said he had a client come in who had over twenty five mutual funds. And a gentle, older gentleman, and he said he could. And when he showed him how many times he owned Coca Cola. <laughs> He was just blown away by it because he couldn't figure out why, You know, to your point, when there would be a dip, he would have such a, a large percentage of his portfolio would dip, he thought he was better diversified. So it can be done easily to kind of just start grabbing when you have this product and that product and so on and so forth, you kind of lose track of having a truly diversified portfolio. We're talking about four simple retirement questions here that maybe aren't always so simple to answer. Uh, you need to kind of talk with someone, work through some of these, make sure it's an effective part of your strategy. 401k rollovers. Now, that one can be interesting as well, because a lot of people have been really curious about the Roths. And there's been a lot of talk the last year or so with the taxes being the way they are. They're like, hey, we should switch to a Roth. So when you're doing any kind of 401k rollovers or moving things to an IRA or whatever, you want to make sure that you're dotting the I's and crossing the T's. Right. True. There are two different parts to this
0: question doing a rollover. Typically, that's for somebody who leaves the company and they want to go ahead and take their money out of the company plan and roll it over to an, a what we call a self-directed IRA. Okay. That, to me, is the most beneficial for you, and here's the reason why. When you do move that over, you are now allowed to basically put your money into anything that is acceptable in an IRA Meaning you could buy any of the number of the sixteen, seventeen thousand 17,000 mutual funds, exchange traded funds, individual stocks, bonds, fixed annuities, real estate, trust, any number of things that usually a 401k plan doesn't have. I always encourage people, if if you have the opportunity, roll it out of that plan and take control of the money. Because then at that point, and then you can do some tax planning with it. You can do some Roth conversions, meaning taking it from the IRA to a Roth IRA and ultimately making the funds coming out tax-free. There's one other thing that some people don't realize they have an option for. And that is if you're 59 and a half and older, you can do what's called an in-service transfer. And what that says is you can take the money out of your 401k, or if you're with the federal government, a thrift savings plan, and roll that money tax-free into a self-directed IRA, continue to contribute to your 401k and TSP plan, your thrift savings plan, but now you have control of the bulk of your 401k money in a self-directed IRA. And I saw many times back in in 2007 and eight, where people were didn't know they could do that and they were locked into the funds that were in the 401k plan and when the market went into the tank they had no place to go that was safe and just lost a tremendous amount of money if they had been in their own self-directed ira they could have put their money into something that would have been safe but had an opportunity to make some money later on so those are basically two options that you have just a traditional rollover is if you leave the company you get you know you're terminated for whatever reason you can do it
1: but if you're 59 and a half and older, you need to look at what's called the in-service transfer. All right. Well, great information from Steve Hoover here on the Retirement Pilot Podcast. Our final simple question that's not always so simple, and this one I probably shouldn't have put on here. It's not necessarily really simple at all, but I think that the fact that addressing the cost of nursing home stay or long-term care, well, a lot of times we say nursing home, but it's not always a nursing home that winds up being the, the end result. It could be assisted living, someone coming to your home, whatever the case is, but we need to be planning for this, and so many people just aren't because whether it's they're just afraid of looking at it, I don't know. But it's one of those highly overlooked areas.
0: It is a highly o- overlooked area. And the issue with nursing home, typically what people would do is they go out and buy a long-term care policy. And long-term care policies only have about, of people who are in their late 50s, 60s, or 70s, only about 20 to 25% of those people actually have a traditional long-term care policy. <laughs> And the reason why most of the other ones don't, that I find when I ask the question, why don't you have one, is because they don't want to pay the premium every single year. And they say, look, if I don't use it, I don't get any benefit out of it. And I paid all this money in for years, and they raised the rates every single year. So they just would rather roll the dice. So what I always do in their plan is a healthcare piece to the plan. And we have to look at that because it's a very real thing that could happen. And there are different vehicles that we can use to help offset those costs if something were to happen, as opposed to buying just a traditional long-term care policy. So we look at all those different options to see if we can go ahead and offset that, because if it does happen, we're covered. If it doesn't happen, then there's money there that can go off to the family or whoever they want it to go to. But it has to be addressed in the plan, because there's a really good option that that's going to happen to somebody.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, these have been four retirement questions that can be kind of hard to answer. And that can be tough, really, if you're trying to make these decisions in a vacuum or outside of really a comprehensive financial plan. So if you need some help, you've got some concerns, if you'd like your own complimentary retirement edge process, Steve can help. You want to make sure that all those bases are covered and have an edge up in retirement. After more than 20 years, Steve's a great resource for you to tap into. So if you haven't talked to him and you need some help, got some questions, reach out at 913-685-3207. That's 913-685-3207. One more time, 913-685-3207. And make sure you check him out online at wealthpartnerskc.com. That's wealthpartnerskc.com for more information as well. And subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and various other podcast outlets. Steve, thanks for your time, man. It was always fun, and I look forward to talking to you again in the future. Appreciate it. Talk to you later. Absolutely. You've been listening to the Retirement Pilot Podcast with Steve Hoover, financial coach serving Kansas City from his office in Overland Park at Wealth Partners Corporation. We'll see you next time here on the Retirement Pilot.